Hi friends, this is Megan, and you're listening to the She Lives Purposely podcast, where we encourage women to love Jesus and live purposely in every area of life. Hello friend and welcome or welcome back to the She Lives Purposefully podcast. My name is Megan and I am the host of this podcast and the founder of She Lives Purposefully and I am so glad and so encouraged and so honored that you are here spending time on the podcast, listening and being encouraged and equipped in your faith through today's Esther study. I almost said Ruth. Ruth was the book that we did before Esther. Um, and yeah, I just almost said it, but we are in Esther right now, which is one of my favorite books of the Bible. So I'm really excited. And today we are in such a crucial chapter. I mean, they're all crucial chapters, but this is, I guess, one of the most popular chapters. It's Esther chapter four. Before we continue, I just want you to know that I hope and pray you are encouraged and equipped by this incredible episode. My heart is for you, for you to walk with Jesus well, for you to live purposefully. I want you to, to encourage just one friend today by sharing this episode with them, build them up in their walk with Christ, encourage them and equip them in their faith by sharing this episode with them. I know that I can't wait to share it with my friends, which is all of you. So definitely um, do. I hope that you'll do the same. And if you haven't yet, of course, as always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You don't miss any of our Monday episodes or Thursday episodes. Mondays are Bible study Mondays and Thursday um are kind of topical and guest podcast podcast episode days yeah so um be sure to subscribe and not miss that all right so whether you are sitting down ready to take notes with your bible open maybe you are cleaning your house you're cooking you're driving home from work maybe you're at work get ready to be encouraged and equipped by this episode today We are, like you know, already diving into Esther chapter 4, so I'm going to start by just reading that straight through, then we're going to give a summary of the chapter and go into four different points about this chapter um, that I'm really excited about, so um, I hope that you are excited about it too. Okay, so Esther chapter 4 has 17 verses, and I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version. Here we go. And just as a note too, um, just had a sip of water there. <laughs> if you haven't listened to the other Esther studies, Esther 1, 2, or 3, I encourage you to do that um, so that you have the full context of what is happening here. Um, all right, here we go. So Esther chapter 4. When Mordecai learned all that had been done, Mordecai tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes and went out into the midst of the city and he cried out with a loud and bitter cry. He went up to the entrance of the king's gate, for no one was allowed to enter the king's gate clothed in sackcloth. And in every province, wherever the king's command and his decree reached, there was a great mourning among the Jews, with fasting and weeping and lamenting, and many of them lay in sackcloth and ashes. When Esther's young woman and her eunuchs came and told her, the queen was deeply distressed. She sent garments to clothe Mordecai so that he might take off his sackcloth, but he would not accept them. Then Esther called for Hathak, one of the king's eunuchs, who had been appointed to attend her, and ordered him to go to Mordecai to learn what this was and why it was. Hathak went out to Mordecai and 
in the open square of the city in front of the king's gate, and Mordecai told him all that had happened to him, and the exact sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasuries for the destruction of the Jews. Mordecai also gave him a copy of the written decree issued in Susa for their destruction, that he might show it to Esther and explain it to her, and command her to go to the king to beg his favor and plead with him on behalf of her people. And Hathak went and told Esther what Mordecai had said. Then Esther spoke to Hathak and commanded him to go to Mordecai and say, All the king's servants and all and the people of the king's provinces know that if any man or woman goes to the king inside the inner court without being called, there is but one law to be put to death, except the one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter so that he may live. But as for me, I have not been called to come into the king these thirty days. And they told Mordecai what Esther had said. Then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not think to yourself that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go. Gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf and do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my young women will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Mordecai then went away and did everything as Esther ordered him. Okay, so that is Esther chapter 4. Um, And in summary there, in chapter 4, Mordecai updates Esther on all the details of the king's command to kill the Jews. He also asks her to speak with the king. When she is hesitant, he reminds her that the Jews will be saved with or without her. But what, what she might be, where she is, when she is, for this purpose, for such a time as this. She then decides to speak with the king, even though it may end her life. So the first thing that I want to talk about in this chapter is right from the very beginning in verses 1 through 3, they show us that a very natural response to a tragic situation. Sometimes as Christians, I know this is true for myself, we think we need to handle every situation perfectly. Maybe even with a mentality that being very sad is not the way to deal with the situation. But all through the Bible, we see people in moments of intense sadness And I just want to encourage you with this. I don't know what you're going through today, but we can be sad. Let's bring our sadness to the Lord. The Lord sees our hearts. He knows our hearts. And he is with us in the valleys of the shadow of death. He is our shepherd. Um, Yeah, I just want to encourage you with that little bit right there. Again, I don't know what you may be going through, the things that are going on in your life, in your mind, in your heart. Um, But the Lord is there to be your comforter whenever there is suffering or sorrow. Um, And so I just want to encourage you with that little bit. Something else that I want to talk about, and this is what we'll be talking about for a lot of um, our podcast today, is this idea that the Lord is going to move. But will we be used in that? In the next few verses, Mordecai asks Esther to step up for her people and go to the king about the killing of the Jews. Esther is challenged with the decision of whether or not to approach the king about her people getting killed. 
In this internal debate, she points out some pretty major dilemmas. We see a dilemma in doing good, a dilemma to fighting for justice, a dilemma to saving people, a very practical set of dilemmas, a law and a distant relationship. Practically, Esther sees that her approaching the king might either end up with her dead because of a law or simply might be unfruitful because if the king hasn't seen her in 30 days out of choice, there's distance in the relationship. This is when Mordecai speaks out one of the most famous, if not the most famous, lines in the entire book. He speaks to the truth that whether or not Esther steps up, quote, deliverance will rise for the Jews. He notes in verse 14, however, that, quote, who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this, end quote. Mordecai brings into perspective that God will deliver his people one way or another. God doesn't need Esther. He also even points out that if she doesn't speak up, she won't be spared. He shifts the perspective to note that maybe she is in the very position she's in right now at this time for a reason. He calls her to use her position for God's people regardless of the consequence. There is no room for worrying about how others will react to your good and necessary actions. There is only the call to live for God for such a time as this. There is only the call to choose whether or not we will be used by him, for him, wherever we may be. God doesn't need us. He wants us. His will prevails whether we choose obedience or not, but he wants to involve us. He does as he does his will on earth. He wants to involve us as he does his will on earth. Mordecai shifts the perspective from Esther's tunnel vision worry and desire of self-preservation to a God-sized purpose. God's plans will always prevail, but will we choose to be part of that? Will we allow him to use us for his purpose? Will we choose to let him use us how he will um, wherever we're at, whenever we're at? We are all in a place at this time for a reason. Maybe he's placed us in this time in this place to be used by him for such a time as this. If we choose to ignore that, he doesn't need us, but he does set us up to be used. And he calls us to choose, even if it is the choice, if the choice is a hard self-sacrificing one. But have no doubt today, you are where you are for a reason, for such a time as this. And friend, there may be consequences to obeying God, but your calling is higher than those consequences. It is worth choosing the Lord and his ways every single time. In verse 16, we find that Esther, in agreeing to go before the king, calls all the Jews to fast on her behalf. Although it doesn't say it here, fasting in Jewish and now Christian culture is meant to be used to spend more time seeking God and praying. Excuse me. This is so important because we see that Esther is going to to God before she goes out and acts. Esther also has her girls who are fasting for her and with her. Esther chooses to act in obedience, to act for justice, to act for God's people, and seeks God before doing so. How about you? Do you act before seeking God? Do you act before even considering God? 
Or do you seek God before acting, opening yourself up to his blessing on your actions and his direction or even redirection? Even though Esther's decision was set, she sought God for that choice. And we see in the next chapter the unanticipated favor that she receives. So stay tuned for that next week for sure. And so I just want to, you know, pivot a little bit and, and talk about a purposeful life perspective that we see in Esther chapter three um, or chapter four. I'm sorry. As she chooses to act on behalf of her people, God's people in verse 16, Esther makes a bold statement. If I perish, I perish. In this statement alone, we see there is no self-serving heart in Esther. She is choosing integrity over comfort. She's choosing God and his people over life. And she's choosing to use her position for God's purposes, even if it means shame and death. Stepping out in faith for the sake of God is greater. Trust God. Obedience and trust go hand in hand. Even if we perish, he holds us. She pushed her own life, literal and personal, aside for the sake of God's will, doing her part to save people from injustice. How often is God's big will for us simply to take the righteous, right, bold next step where we are at right now? in doing good where we are at right now, and helping others in the place we're at right now. How do we know what is God's will? How can we be used by God? Here's our answer. What are your responsibilities? Who around you can you love and fight for? How can you daily put God and his ways above concern for yourself? What are ways that you can obey the commands he sets before us all in the Bible, the callings we already know? Pray before moving and pray without ceasing, especially before making big decisions. Obey his word and take the next right step. I hope and pray that this um, chapter was an encouragement for you and that you were encouraged and equipped by this episode. And be sure to not miss next week's episode as we dive into what Esther actually does. Most of you, a lot of you probably already know the story, but I'm excited to study it with you. Um, And to stay tuned for our episode later this week on Thursdays. Again, if you are not subscribed, be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any encouragement at all. And if this episode was an encouragement to you, I want to encourage you to um, share it with a friend, encourage them, build them up in their walk with Christ. Live for Jesus well, friends. Live purposefully. Have a fantastic rest of your day. I love you, friends. Thank you so much for listening to today's conversation. I would love to hear what you thought about the podcast on Instagram at she lives purposefully and to rate and review us wherever you're listening from. It really helps us to serve you guys better and just lets us know what you're thinking and feeling and what you're looking for even. Um, so feel free to do that. And also tell your friends about the podcast. Let them know if it's been an encouragement to you, go and encourage them with it. Thank you so much again for listening. I love you friends.